You are listening to the JCN Clinic Podcast. The JCN Clinic Podcast is a place where nutritionists Jessica Cox and Carissa Mason get real about nutrition and living a healthy life. They share with you their passion and their clinical knowledge for a fun, no BS approach to looking after yourself. Please enjoy today's episode and don't forget to subscribe and iTunes. Guys, I'm just hijacking my own podcast for a moment to let you know that for a short time, I'm offering 10% off my cookbook Eat to JCN Clinic Podcast listeners using the code JCN Podcast. So head to the website, pop in that code when you go through and do your order and you'll receive 10% off. Hello and welcome to the JCN Clinic Podcast Show. I'm Jessica. I'm Carissa. Today we are talking about acne. And uh, you said that in a really sexy voice. Did I? You're like, today we're talking about acne. (laughs) (laughs) She like makes out with the microphone. (laughs) Very sexy topic. (laughs) We have talked about acne in other podcasts when we've been discussing a lot of the underlying causes, but we decided that it would be another good one to actually talk about specifically. Very, very, very common condition that we treat at the clinic, whether people are coming for it specifically or it's kind of wrapped up in other things that are going on. So it's going to be a goodie. It's going to be a goodie. (laughs) So as always, I think it's... um, great to dive into talk and I you know this might be one of those ones where people are like well yeah duh acne I know what that is but shall we give a little bit of an overview of what we mean when we're talking about acne as opposed to I guess just um the the breakout here and there do you want to I'm going to throw it right at you, you it <laughs> straight, at up. straight up straight <laughs> up Friday morning uh, what we mean when we're talking about acne Oh, what the oh, no. phone going off, ruined podcast. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I'm all good. Because <laughs> okay. everything's synced now. So when my phone goes, the laptop goes. Um, anyway, so let's break down. So I think it's probably just getting to distinguishing between like acne and maybe even just pimples and like you said, the occasional breakout. So I think interestingly, a lot of people think they have acne and sometimes they actually don't. And it's not like discrediting what people think they have, but acne really is very kind of classically defined as those big, red, deep pimples. They, um, they're definitely, they, they're underneath the skin. They're, you know, they're very red and inflamed. There's sometimes a big pus head that comes out with them. Um, they're classically on the cheeks and the sort of like the jawline area as well. Although like I have had clients that have had them like on their forehead and in between their eyes and, and things like that. But it's classically more of a very red inflamed pimple situation where we're actually seeing cysts form and things like that as well underneath the skin and they're 
bloody painful. They're sort of touched. They're, they're not, and then usually not just isolated. Like one comes up, you're getting clusters of them that involve like almost complete red raising of the skin in the area that involves them. Um, and they definitely can go, it's not just isolated to the face either with acne. Like acne can be on the jawline and the sides of the cheeks and all of that classically, but it can go down people's neck. It can be on their chest and they can get those, you know, deep cystic pimples on their chest and also on their backs as well. So Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I'm glad you mentioned that because, yeah, that's the other thing. It definitely, the face is a massive area of concern, but often it'll travel down the neck and into the, the back area. Um, and it's, look, it's common. It is common around teenage years, of course. I think most people listening would know that. But it is also a condition that we will see beyond teenage years and we are often treating at the clinic um, women and men who have acne in their later years or I guess often referred to as like adult acne. Yeah. Um, so it's not, yes, definitely there's an expectation of pimples and that follow through to acne through teenage years, but we're going to talk about, um, well, we'll mention that today, of course, but it's also outside of just that classic puberty hormonal space. Yeah, definitely. And I think for adults too, like usually working out like the onset. So sometimes there's like acne that just happens and sometimes people have experienced it, you know, in like in their teenage years and a little bit in their 20s. And by the time they're coming to see us, they're maybe like mid-20s, late-20s, mid-30s, early-40s. So classically, there's some really big hormonal changes happening for women there. But also we do treat men that have it as well. But there's also people that have had just clear skin their entire life and then something happens and they start getting acne or they've been on some form of contraception and they come off it and they get what we call post pill acne as well so we'll cover the differences there like essentially a lot of the drivers can and are similar but there's definitely different presentations for people how it comes about so Mm -hmm. absolutely well let's let's dive into some of those because there's <coughs> there's lots of different underlying factors to do that. <laughs> and like a lot of the conditions we discussed, we're going to see how a lot of them are also intermingled with each other. So I think firstly um, let's talk about because it's going to come up related to everything, the good old gut. Yes. Um, I to talk about the gut in relation to the skin, it's really important to acknowledge that the skin is a big detoxification organ, which is often forgotten about. We often think of the liver and the kidneys and um, maybe not so commonly lymphatics as far as clearing toxins and sort of day-to-day activity in dealing with just um, toxins internally. And nothing, no, I'm not talking nasty, I'm just talking about everyday stuff. Yep. Um, the skin is also one big, massive elimination organ, the biggest one as far as the surface of your body goes. Um, and it's just, again, it's easy to forget. So when we have a lot going on in the gut and a lot of the things conditions we refer to on the podcast like classic dysbiosis or um, SIBO or these inflammatory states within the gut that create a lot of increase internal toxin production a lot of inflammatory mediators that's all 
going to create a lot of discomfort in the gut, but all of that um, sort of matter, all that we refer to it as endotoxins, has to go somewhere. So essentially we're going to get a lot of that being absorbed through the gut wall into the bloodstream or the lymphatics. And I always say to my clients, and I know I've said on the podcast before, the liver's that sort of central station of the body where everything is going and has to deal with this sort of influx of increased toxins on a daily basis, whether that is coming from the gut or other factors. Now, when these detox organs in our body start to get overwhelmed, they start to look for other avenues. So it's kind of like, again, central station, not so much at the moment because everything's ghost town, <laughs> but central state. I always think of Sydney central station. Yeah, let me Just out, like, let me out. <laughs> at like peak hour, there's like people bursting out the scenes and everyone's trying to get on the trains and no one can fit. Like that's the sort of situation going on and it puts more of a burden onto these detox organs and the body will look for other avenues and the skin will very quickly become another avenue of pushing out this this sort of toxins and these this debris I like to think about it in sort of easy forms mm. so another way to sort of think about this too to get your head around and and we see this at the clinic a fair bit is that when you even start to work on your gut health and support the gut and start to get to the point where we can even start to support the liver and the detox pathways of the liver, we will often see clients get a little bit of a breakout because we are pushing those pathways a little bit. Nothing major or crazy. We're very careful about how we do that. But there are even certain products that we will use in the clinic that I know as practitioners we associate with like, oh, you're going to get a couple of spots with this one <laughs> because it is... It is essentially supporting those detox pathways and it will generally come out in the skin. So I guess first and foremost, I want to highlight that there's this really symbiotic relationship between what's going on in your gut and how much is going on there. The pressure that puts onto detoxification organs and remembering that your skin is a big detox organ. So if there's a lot going on in your gut... It's common for presentations to occur on the skin. Now, not with everyone because we're all different, mm. but we see a lot of that at the clinic where people have a lot of skin congestion pushing through to acne presentations and it's coming back to a very inflamed gut. And you see it with, with testing. Like if we do functional testing, I don't know, I just feel like people with skin issues when you test their gut, let alone, which we'll talk about as another causative factor, food intolerances, there's always a lot going on in the gut of someone yeah. with skin, skin issues. Yeah, no, there is. And also, and like, interestingly too, some of the, because I know we're going to tap on the, the we're going to, the other big factor is obviously the hormone space with acne, but exactly as Jess mentioned and I know we I've said that with hormones in the past and stuff like if someone's coming in with acne and your gut is not happy but we know you've got hormone issues <laughs> we're 100% gonna have to treat your gut first and sort your liver out first and sometimes too it's interesting people come in and they think they've got hormonal acne which we'll talk about but it's actually a little bit hormonal maybe but it's actually more gut driven mm. um and some of the classic things for the if for anyone listening that you know can help you differentiate um hormonal acne from what i'm going to call gut acne is 
the difference in treatments from mainstream medicine. So if you've had a course, if you or someone who's gone to your GP and said, I've got acne, I want to get rid of it. And they've given you a course of antibiotics like doxycycline and that has worked then your gut is probably a massive driver in your acne. Whereas some people will go to the GP, the GP will give them antibiotics and the antibiotics won't work. So a telltale sign there is that perhaps it's not gut driven and it's more hormone driven. So we've got androgen excesses. And then like, obviously the flip side of that is sometimes people will go to a dermatologist and a dermatologist won't prescribe them something like doxycycline. They'll prescribe them something like Roaccutane. Mm-hmm. And the Roaccutane, if it does work, your acne is hormonal, hormonally driven. And sometimes there's a gut element as well. But if Roaccutane doesn't work, then why? And that's when we come back to the gut and the liver and the elimination the elimination pathway. So when I'm treating my clients with acne, I know you'd be the same. I always, I always get into that what have you done and what has worked yeah. space. Like obviously we do some really careful questioning around the gut and the liver and detoxing you know what's your what's your what's your total toxic load or your total toxic burden too like i go through with my clients like how much sugar are you eating how much booze are you having like um what's your diet like like do you feel like gluten's a problem for you You feel like dairy's a problem for you and we start to work out like what their inflammatory drivers are their like total toxic load is but also what what has worked and what hasn't worked in the past for them i think is really interesting as well because sometimes it gives you some really big pointers as where to start because i've had some clients too where their gut health seems great so you're like okay cool this this actually does seem like hormonal acne and you get in and you start treating the hormonal side or you do it you know if we haven't done a dutch test straight away and it doesn't work straight away and i'm like then i'm like okay what's going on with your gut maybe there's Mm. more going on here than what we actually think and then you get into the gut space and you're like here we go (laughs) that's it and that even comes down to we've mentioned before like not everyone presents with classic gut symptoms and we see that with these sorts of presentations where the the gut is very inflamed and aggressively um sort of out of balance or what whatever's going on underneath but this person isn't presenting with classic gut symptoms Mm. so it's easy for them to miss that and go my gut's fine yeah like i need to work i've got these skin issues it's my hormones it's my hormones and it's like yeah but is it yeah and as you just outlined there's also that interconnection between the two um yeah also another another factor as far as trying to differentiate between the two for us would of course be patterns with the skin and Mm. the the breakouts as far as cycles go particularly with women so it can be that there is a really classic flare up with their skin around ovulation or around their period like and it is very cyclic in its behavior Again, definitely can be other underlying things with the gut. But if you can see that there's this like really hormonal surge that's um, underlying the acne and the flares, like you know that that's something that you need to consider in in that treatment process. Whereas I know for some clients that I'll see with their acne, there's no differentiation whether they have their period, we're around yeah. ovulation. It is just purely a relatively constant and if it does have a flare, it seems related back to their gut. So if they yep. have a really bad gut flare, their skin just turns rubbish as or well. Or they have a so, boozy weekend where they go out yeah. and they, they drink more and eat sugar and do all the things. And I know I've got a couple of classic clients who, um, you know, came to me for hormone stuff and they were adamant they wanted to do a Dutch test. And we did a Dutch test because there was yeah. definitely, you know, hormonal stuff, maybe even more estrogen stuff going on. But like we're, we're actually working on their gut more than we're working on their hormones. 
and yeah. it's just that classic thing they'll be really good and their skin will be amazing and they'll go out and they'll have a uh, weekend where it's someone's birthday or it's a work function and all they just have a couple of days away and they're like I just did all the things I ate yeah. sugar I drank booze I had gluten I had dairy and they're like the skin obviously never goes back to as bad as what it was but they're like I didn't realize how good my skin was without mm. all of that shit so yeah, sure, another thing Another thing that I think is interesting and as we get into the skin space as well, like I know we've talked about this in our other skin podcasts where we've covered like rosacea versus dermatitis versus, you know, um, perioral dermatitis and just differentiating is with my skin clients, I get a lot of them or I get all of them to send me photos as well. So obviously, mm. you know, I can see them in person. If we're doing Zoom consults, I can see a lot through Zoom, but I, I know most people who have got um, acne or pimples are photographing their skin. Um, <laughs> it's just what, what we do as humans. But I do get them to send me photos because I think sometimes how people perceive their skin, but also how um, it actually looks in a photograph tells us a lot as well. Like for me, and this is just more anecdotal, so don't everyone run with this themselves. Like this is just something I've really noticed classically when I link people's skin presentations through photographs through what their test results look like when it comes through and what we actually end up treating as the core driver is that classically what I see and again this will be different for everyone but that more obviously hormonal skin is definitely more jawline related Mm -hmm. and that cheek acne seems to be more gut related and you Mm -hmm. can and even sometimes too like if there's it, you can have, and if you've got a presentation of both, I'll see the strong, the strong deep cystic stuff happening on the jawline and down into the neck. And then there's clusters of more like pustules going up into the cheek. So people think they've got this acne all over their face, which is hormonal. And I'm, I look at it and I'm like, I think that part is hormonal, but I think that part is your gut. Yeah. So. Agree. Yeah. I think classically that, that jawline sort of cystic acne mm. is very strongly correlated to hormones. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And sometimes when people come in and they don't have that and they just got like the the stuff more up in their cheeks and their cheekbones yep. and they're like, no, this is 100% hormones. I'm like, I'm going to yeah, pitch yeah. some money that I think this is gut. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so the other thing you mentioned there before we dive deeper into hormones is that, to- that concept of a toxic load. Mm. Like to kind of pair it back to really importantly, like what's the load coming into your body from that dietary space? Like as far as just foundationally a good whole food diet, um, alcohol, cigarettes, coffee. Yeah. Like all of that load of Mm. things. Um, But then on top of that foods, as far as food reactivity, because again, from a gut space more so it is I find, again, clinically, anecdotally over the years, I've seen a lot more food intolerances in the space of acne related to the gut. So Mm. there's a, even if people are eating more of a whole food diet and they're not drinking as much and they're kind of, they've done all of those things, there'll often be some underlying intolerances, whether that's some of the more classic stuff that we see in this space with dairy and gluten, but it can often be about whether there might be some issues around um, certain nuts or maybe eggs or eggs. also also eggs. To be honest, like I was like, do I say eggs? Because I want yeah, everyone to go no, and stop eating eggs. No, don't but... stop eating eggs unless someone tells <laughs> yes. you. I know I'm really careful with saying that as well because I feel yeah. like it, the eggs thing is definitely a thing with skin, but it's it's yeah. probably like 
20% of people. Yeah, not, exactly. and, the, and the other 80% eggs are not an issue for, so you don't want to tell everyone to be afraid of eggs. And I'm so careful about saying I that know. as well to people. Yeah. yeah. But there's, there's, there can be more going on. And if they are reacting to a lot of foods, again, that can come back to how overreactive that immune response is within the gut. But that's why it's so important to work through this with a practitioner because we can work with you to figure out what are these foods that might be triggering you? Are they foods that you actually have an ongoing issue with or are they in relation to the fact we need to work with your gut so you're not so reactive? But I think as far as that toxin load and that inflammatory response, it definitely can go deeper than having that good foundational diet. And that's Mm. what we'll always investigate further with people as well. Yeah, I think even SIBO, like I do work with SIBO a lot and acne. Like it's just, Mm -hmm. they're so linked as well, which is so crazy. Like I know sometimes to get acne under control as quickly as possible, um, if I've got, if I definitely suspect SIBO is going on, but someone can't afford to do like a SIBO test or a gut test and they're like, and they're like convinced it's hormonal acne. I'm like, great. I'm just going to whack you on a FODMAP diet for eight weeks. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just to get some stuff under control really quickly with your gut. And anyone listening to this, please don't put yourself on FODMAP diets. (laughs) (laughs) Note note to self, FODMAP diet and cut out eggs. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Don't do that unsupervised without a practitioner, please, because you may not need to. But secondly, it's a it's dabbling in dangerous waters. So exactly. <laughs> so keeping that in mind, because it's super important to keep everything we've just talked about in mind. Then we move on to hormones, the which is and a, the hormones. another layer as far yeah. as what is going on with drivers in this area and. Oh, wow. A whole, I know a whole nother area. I know you mentioned, obviously, androgens in this space. Yeah, androgens and testosterone and DHEA are our big game players, guys. Yeah. So do you want to just give a bit of an overview? Yeah, about, I'll give an overview. <laughs> I'm not going. Away, about how this starts to become wrapped in in all of this and obviously why we need to consider still gut and yeah. liver, which we probably need to talk a bit more about too. Yeah, so over obviously, <laughs> over to me. So obviously the hormone space too with the other the type of acne that Jess and I are talking about that involves usually like the chin, the jawline, or the chin, sorry, jawline, same sort of space, down into the neck, chest and back, is, is definitely that more androgen driven. So what we're actually seeing, and this is where post-pill acne comes into it as well, because usually when someone comes off the oral contraceptive pill, it's similar to post-pill PCOS, where it's not uncommon to see a surge of, a surge of kind of androgens kind of push through. So what we're kind of looking at, and this is how I kind of do differentiate it with my clients as well, is we're talking about like that teenage boy acne, where it's just, you know, like horrible red, cystic people are really like self-conscious or I suppose anything with asking myself conscious of but the drivers when we're talk- coming into the hormone space is definitely like androgen excesses so we're talking about when we're talking about our androgen hormones we're just talking about basically testosterone DHEA and how that is breaking down and clearing through the hormone cascade so I'm not going to get into it too much because Jess and I've done a million bloody hormone podcasts and you can go and listen to where androgens go. Androgens turn bad and <laughs> don't do the thing they're meant to. But essentially, usually with skin, we are seeing like a, a, a either an issue with excess production of that. And then that obviously comes into pushing some extra stuff with the skin. So obviously we're seeing extra excess um, oil production with the skin and things like that. So there's definitely more 
issues with bacteria and things getting trapped on the skin surface, but it is in essence an internal issue, um, hormonal acne, but it's how those androgens or those excess excess more male hormones in air quotes are clearing. And again, it comes back to the liver and the gut. So if you're having excess surges of these things, A, we want to work out why, because inflammation plays a massive part in why. There's also a big, strong genetic, there can be some big genetic reasons as well. So working out why you've got excess androgens and is one thing, but working out why you're having issues clearing them is probably the bigger part of the picture. And again, that comes back to our phase one and our phase two detox in our liver and then our phase three detox through our gut. So again, like what Jess was kind of saying before, like we will get in and start working on the liver for someone. And yes, you may get, and I always say to my clients, you're probably going to get a little bit worse before you get better, Mm. but it's kind of like that push through the minute we start giving your liver the space and tools to do its job more efficiently, there is a bit of an influx. It's kind of like everyone's getting the fuck out of Sydney station really quickly. (laughs) And then they kind of don't know where to go. No, (laughs) but, um, but then once, you know, the, eight o'clock comes around and the train times have quietened down (laughs) things start to things start to settle so so yeah so there's definitely the hormone space to consider there's definitely estrogens can be involved in skin stuff as well big time but typically when we're talking about the cystic stuff more commonly we're talking about the androgen space and the issues with that clearing so definitely sometimes working Working on that, but I'm going to be careful what I say because you sometimes have to work on acne without working on PCOS because not everyone who has acne has PCOS. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And that's something that is, yeah, for people potentially getting treatment um, or looking into treatment. Like don't just assume because you've got cystic acne Mm -hmm. that you therefore have polycystic ovaries as well and you need to do that type of treatment because they are – different and they mm-hmm. need to be treated differently if it, if we're just dealing with you know androgen based skin so mm-hmm. yeah no so true so so true i think yeah and the other thing which is really fascinating in this space is that tight-knit relationship between what's going on with the androgen dominance but as you said the clearance and then the mm. liver and then back to the gut because mm. we've got to think gut. about those three different phases and that we're pushing things out of that that liver into Mm. the gut how the gut is able to deal with that and even working again back to what we see in the clinic like it's not always super clear cut like it's great when you can work on the gut and then it's like yep tick wonderful let's move on to the hormones start working on those and the liver tick 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 like sometimes it can be a real um Look, honestly, sometimes it can be a bit of a shit show when, yeah, 100%. <laughs> when you're trying to like, you've got so, particularly with a lot of congestion and a lot of severe acne and severe gut issues going on and liver congestion, trying to get in and work on that gut and supporting that gut enough to then be able to try and help with the, the and there's so much going on with the hormones in the liver, like it can be a real balancing act between trying to put the attention in the right place and also trying to move on and kind of get some results with what's going on in the liver and the hormones. So it's not, the reason I say that is like, we're always trying to be real with you guys. Like it's not always so simple, like skin and hormones and the gut and the liver can be really complex. So it's not something that you just move through and sail through for everyone really easily. There's going to be 
some of those kind of shit shows along the way where it's like, okay, this is really angry and flared. Why? What's going on? What area do we maybe need to focus on a little bit more or where do we need to shift gears or maybe we're trying to go too hard here when like so I've a definitely lot of, done I've done that to yeah. my clients where you yeah. think you think you've sorted their gut out and you've done some amazing gut work and you yeah. get into the hormone and or you you've done like some really great work with PCOS and it and acne tied in together for them and they they're really good their gut seems pretty bloody fine and you get mm-hmm. in and you I've forced a gut detox on my client too quickly and not a gut detox in the sense of you know the loose term of gut detox and Jess and yep. I are talking about gut detox we're talking about just cleaning up the gut space respectfully but I've gone too quickly even just in the gut zone and then reforced yep. a surgeons of androgens for someone where they've had an acne flare where everything had yep. been fine do you know what I mean so yeah and that's us as practitioners knowing what we're doing but also knowing too when our clients tell us this we're like right okay we've just done too much too soon and you're actually there's a lot more toxicity inside your body than what there appears to be and there's Mm -hmm. a lot more going on from an inflammatory point of view so we need to go back to real basics again with maybe pulling out some of these inflammatory foods but yeah i think the biggest thing i think in the hardest thing with skin is that people want overnight results and i think by the time you've gotten to the stage where your skin is flaring like that it's an end result of Mm -hmm. a lot of other cascade steps that have gone wrong kind of a thing and i think that's the hardest thing for people to grasp and understand is we don't have a magic wand for skin your skin your skin is kind of like like i kind of say like and I, I, it's interesting, I use a mushroom analogy with a lot of my clients. So picture like a mycelium net underneath the ground that spreads and breaks everything down and does all this stuff. And obviously mycelium nets are fucking beautiful. But then the end result is that mushrooms pop up in this beautiful circle. The mushrooms are the pimples. The mycelium net is everything else going on. So we have to go in and fix the mycelium net to pull those mushrooms back down. And it's just kind of like, that's like a process that sometimes has been going on behind the scenes for years for people. So we don't have a magic wand. We can't just give you a zinc and collagen and your skin's going to look amazing, unfortunately. Like I wish we could, but it's... And And also even with, I mean, the functional testing in this space is amazing. Like we we always rave about how much a stool test can tell us and SIBO testing and Dutch testing, like it's great, but it's also to be used in conjunction with a client and your symptoms. And we can't see everything through a test. We have to be able to work with you and see how your body responds. And, And that is, I always say to my clients, like it is the best tool we have here yep. to see as we progress and we move this way or go down this pathway how your body responds can be super important or is super important to tell us yep. where we're at what what's going 100%. on because we can't tell everything just by a functional test and, and also I- we need to consider as a person what's going on with them too right yeah like, like that web you talk about like, like are the they web. stressed to their eyeballs like are there thyroid issues on? is there insulin issues yeah. like there's there's this whole like and like think of that mycelium web of, of like your hormone web as well like if you've got gut issues at the core of things but then you've got insulin imbalances and your thyroid's out of whack and you're low iron and mm. there's so many other things that even have to come into consideration when we're talking about even just the skin then healing like once you even get someone out of the you know the real crazy acne space 
I feel like the harder space is actually not getting someone out of the intense acne space. The harder space is the healing process and just mm-hmm. keeping everything calm because that's where all the multifactorial stuff really fucking matters. Yeah. And that's where people are like, I'm really frustrated. And I get it. I totally understand that. Like, I'm really frustrated because these last cluster of pimples haven't gone away. I'm like, but mate, we've got thyroid stuff. We've got insulin stuff. Yeah. And we're just, we're trying to address all of these things at once. And your job is really fucking stressful. So, <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> I think, I think, um, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a, it's such a cool space when you, when you help people and their skin starts to become clear, but it's just, it's, there's a lot going on under the surface with acne that I think that really needs acknowledgement as for well. Sure, so. For sure. And I think the other thing area, well, yeah, area we mentioned earlier is how all of this can happen at different points. Like we, we obviously mentioned in the younger years, the teenage years, but what we'll see with adults is that there's often catalysts and triggers and from a hormonal Mm. point of view as chris was just talking about like some form of shifting from a thyroid point of view can be a biggie and its impact on hormones but the the one for women i see a lot would definitely be pregnancy and the changes with hormones around that time and then how that can impact thyroid sometimes and then that postpartum Um, space sometimes too like women have had amazing skin and then in that postpartum space where they're tired they're stressed they're nutrient depleted their thyroid hasn't caught back up yet and then their skin starts not being amazing and they're like i've never had acne in my life i'm like cool let's Mm -hmm. get into this space you're just really depleted and really tired and your thyroid's struggling let's build you back up that's it exactly and then you know that that classic bucket analogy we love like from the gut point of view (laughs) if someone's had gut issues that's just been going on and on for years on end but it's been slowly getting progressively worse and then there's been some sort of catalyst that's tipped them over from that regard they may be hitting into their sort of mid-20s or late 20s and they're starting to experience acne and they're just like what the hell what's going on Mm. but you know again again it'll come back to something that's been building up underneath from a a gut perspective so we'll again kind of address those through having such an in-depth conversation about all of these precursors and hormones and you know all of the things that we've mentioned and then be very specific about how we would approach it and where functional testing may fit into that let alone as you just mentioned like really good blood pathology to see if we're dealing with nutrient deficiencies and potentially thyroid mm. concerns depending on how helpful your GP is there yeah. with getting thyroid bloods done but it's just um, it's just realizing that there are going to be times where it's outside of where we would expect to experience problems with acne um, outside of that sort of teenage phase or that classic puberty Mm. space where we're going to be seeing this happen and then i would say even with women i've definitely had women um as they get into that peri or menopausal stage with hormones yeah yeah absolutely i remember my mum getting that and she was just like what the hell yeah (laughs) (laughs) she'd always be like coming out of the bathroom with squeeze marks all over her face (laughs) don't squeeze your face guys (laughs) that was an acne that was probably just more pimples happening for her but yeah, it's another sort of hormonal shift. Yeah. Um, I guess the last thing to finish up with, I get, which is more thinking about it from a treatment point of view, and I think it's kind of, I mean, in some ways it's obvious for treatment because we've kind of talked about work mm. with your gut, get your hormones and your liver sorted as far as how we would address that. But there's also topical. 
treatments and that that space yeah Yeah, like do you want to because obviously you you work um a little bit with that too well you know specifically but you work with some of the girls at the clinic that do a fair bit with that yeah so i think i think having a person who really understands the topical space is really Mm. important as well and having and just think about your what you put on your skin the same as what you put in your gut. Like don't put shit on your skin. Make sure your skin products are chosen by someone who understands your skin type as well. Because mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of confusion out there. Like everyone thinks if they've got oily skin, they need to be using. And I know I've heard the girls at the skin clinic say this, Like, and I know this even just from dealing with clients, but like if you've got oily skin, you don't want to be using foaming facial washes that strip all the oil and stuff off your face because you're essentially just going to make your skin drier and its natural response for oily skin is to produce more oil. And I think I'm right mm-hmm. in saying that, but, you know, the skin girls may correct me. But I just know they're, like, they're very particular about with any kind of skin condition, especially acne, though, the type of products that you're using. Mm. Um, also regular like treatments on your face so topical stuff so i know we've chatted heaps you and i even just about led Mm. treatments and Mm -hmm. when we're dealing with clients that have got really red inflamed skin led is a bloody game changer for Mm -hmm. like rosacea for histamine skin reactions for um yeah for acne like just it just helps calm all of that down um, and then when we're starting to get into the healing phase topically as well, like you want to be using things that are anti, like even from a dietary perspective, like I chat a lot to my clients about this, collagen collagen does help a lot. You want to have antioxidant rich diet and supplements and good fats. So I have a, like, you know, a good, like this is in the healing stages, but all the way through, but good quality fish oils, not shit ones off the supermarket shelves, like good quality fish oils, zinc, vitamin C, all of those foods that are rich in that, it really matters. But then too, you can get that through stuff that you can put onto your skin too. And then even um, for a lot of my clients, once we're pretty much out of the crazy acne stage, I get them to find a really good skin therapist that does Dermapen and it fucking hurts. I know I've talked about this in the past, but I get it done for my scars because I've got a couple of scars on my eyebrows and one on my lip. But what it does is it's like, it's really good for scarring. So if you're someone who's had like crazy bad acne and it has started to heal, but you've got all the the dimples and the scars and things like that, and they do, they take time to heal and that you need all the nutrients and the right skin products and all of that. But the Dermapen, I've seen really great results for people with acne, like some of my clients getting that because it just kind of causes like a micro trauma to the skin. It's these tiny little needles that inject really quickly. Mm. It's kind of just like someone kind of running like almost like a bit of sandpaper over your skin, but it's like heaps of tiny needles, but that actually pierces the top of the skin and it causes an influx of like blood, which with that then forces collagen production and brings Mm -hmm. all the nutrients to the surface of the skin. So it does really help with that healing process. So I think having a really good topical, like a derma therapist work alongside someone like myself and you, do you know what I mean? Yeah, like that's, yeah. it makes such a difference. Like having someone really customize your skin products and. Yeah. No, that's brutal. <laughs> I was say that one. No, it's so true. I know some of my clients with really extreme acne and, and rosacea and yeah. when you can complement working with nutrition and the internal mm aspects of drivers and complement that with like led and these other therapies and the right skin treatment and the right skin therapist it's it's amazing the differences yeah. like it really helps and it makes sense like you know like it's kind of like we're, we're kind of coming at it from both angles yeah um 
So it's really, it's it's really, really important to consider. Um, I don't know how I'm just thinking. I've got this image in my oh, head of all those pen. thousands of derma oh, pandas little needles coming at me. I'm like, oh, oh God, no. Like, honestly, like, I don't want to scare everyone out of it, but I had it done again on Monday and I nearly wigged out because once you've had it done, it's like I chat to my clients about this thing, get it done. And, like, I've got, like, obviously having people all over Australia, like, it's not just the skin clinic that I work at. Like, if I've got clients in Sydney or Newcastle or Melbourne and we're dealing, we're working with the exact same stuff, I'm like, you need to find a good skin therapist. We need to start getting you having your products you know so we, we go through the exact same process and um but yeah when we get to the dermapen stage the conversations are hilarious because i tell you what like beauty is pain <laughs> <laughs> and like honestly i like it, it's 10 minutes but it is the fucking longest 10 minutes of my life Oof. when i get it done sometimes like i can handle it to a degree and they give you a little stress ball to hold because it is oh like God. it yeah, like, but, um, and look, honestly, like, I definitely notice even a difference with my skin because, you know, you and I have chatted about like Botox and fillers and all of that. And we're both not there. Like, we're just like, we want to look after our skin as naturally as we can without doing anything, you know, and each to their own in that space. Like, but de- I definitely, I'm, I haven't had any Botox or any needles whacked in my mm-hmm. face or anything like that because I'm just, yeah, that's me. Um, but I do want to do stuff to try and, you know, age and age mm-hmm. as gracefully as I can. And, you know, there's <laughs> my sister's like full hug or just go and get Botox and stop with <laughs> so the baby. I <laughs> know <laughs> <laughs> other people that get those vampire facials. Have you heard of those? So it's basically. I have. I, I know a few people that get those and yeah. swear by them. So that's when, yeah, they kind of inject pl- your plasma. They separate your blood and your plasma and, and they, they don't do that at the clinic that I work at. Um, but I've seen people get those done and that's kind of like, I think the next stage up maybe from Dermapen before you'd go and get actual Botox. But it's just all about collagen production mm-hmm. and those sorts of things. But yeah, like it's not, it's not, a, it's not a relaxing facial Dermapen. <laughs> gonna lie like I got mine done on Monday and I thought I was just booked in for like a nice relaxing facial and it had been booked in as dermapen and Ooh. I said oh, I'm not up for this today like day two of my period I'm like fuck no and Lisa's <laughs> like you're getting it I'm like no she's like lay down stop being a bitch we're gonna do this it'll be <laughs> Oh my god! Like I got through it, and my skin does look good a couple of days on. Like I can see you get this beautiful glow afterwards. But oh god, brutal! It's brutal. (laughs) I'm not gonna lie, guys. It's fucking brutal. (laughs) Awesome. Well, do you want to finish up the show? Do you want to jump into our new segment we talked about, or should we leave that for next? Yeah, let's jump into it. Okay, so. We're going to start finishing off our podcast with a recommendation from each of us. What we're loving. Yeah, and these are not sponsored in any way. It's just something that we're always talking about between us, all the other ladies at the clinic, and um, we just want to share something each time we do a podcast that we're kind of loving, whether it's, well, anything, but it'll be most likely in relation to the space of nutrition. Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe we might not. break the rules. But do you want to go first? And while you're talking, I'll think about what mine is. Yeah, well, I think that mine's going to be obvious because I've posted on my social media. But I am such a basic bitch baker. We all know that. <laughs> <laughs> and like, you can give me the most basic bitch recipe to make a banana bread or some beautiful muffins. I won't fucking do it. And I don't like it because I have to measure the ingredients out. And it just, it's, it's not something that I want to do. Everyone knows that about me by now. We all know I don't enjoy baking. So, 
The Mount Elephant banana bread and protein bread have been game changers for me. Like the ingredients are amazing. So the banana bread people, I think everyone saw that. Did you see me make that on my socials this week? I did. Yeah, it's so good. It's got almond meal, buckwheat flour, hemp flour, cinnamon, anyway, some other shit. Anyway, it's all really good. Like, And you just literally whisk up some eggs, whisk up some olive oil, break up some bananas, mix it all together chuck it in the oven and it is delicious and it's gluten-free dairy-free refined refined sugar-free i had a little bit of honey to mine um yeah i'm have to say and i'm getting so many of my clients onto their stuff because i it, it's in the supermarket so you don't have to go to a health food store to go and get it or anything like that it ticks the boxes it's it even even my dad who turns his scoffy little nose up at anything baked that's gluten-free as you can imagine <laughs> saw it and he's like Oh, your banana bread shit and dry and I'm like you haven't even tasted my banana bread so shut up and he's <laughs> anyway I put this thing in the oven and pulled it out and he ate some and he was just he's like that's actually really good he's like I've got because at first he was telling me so like, I've got a really good recipe for banana bread I'm like yeah and it's probably full of wheat and sugar and shit he's like it's <laughs> nice and fluffy I'm like I wouldn't eat it he's like make my recipe if you're gonna make one I'm like but I can't eat it so that's stupid so no um <laughs> anyway so yeah even he even he ate it and he was like i gave him some of like just taste it when it's done and he was like oh that's bloody good mate and i'm like thank you have you you tried any of their other stuff because i've made their protein i think the protein bread once yeah yeah and that was good as well but i'm gonna add some extra stuff to that too but i'm i'm like literally had the banana bread on rotation at the moment and my breakfast is that with um, after my smoothie that with um peanut butter and papaya or strawberries and honey and it's so good. Mm, delicious. And then I eat more and then I eat more banana bread later <laughs> in the day. <laughs> Zaley also likes it as well, so it gets her tick of approval. I actually just thought of two, but maybe I'll just choose one for this this time around. But um I have to go with Fod Bod. So over the past it's actually been probably almost a year now. There's <laughs> Chris is giving me she's giving me this weird look of like, I don't know what the F you're talking about. So I don't. There's, and I feel bad because I can't remember, I'm so sorry, I can't remember a name off the top of my head, but this beautiful lady in Melbourne who has um, created her own protein bars, vegan plant-based protein bars called FODBOD, and they're FODMAP friendly, and they're freaking great. They've got about 12 to 15, this is all off the top of my head, 12 to 15 grams of protein in a bar, and they're mini bars, so they're probably like the length of like your index finger. Um, she does about four or five flavors now. My favorite's lemon and coconut. Oh, I'm looking off- at this. Oh my god, I use them in my scripts a lot for my clients who need just um, that type of snack Fod in bods. between meals with a fair bit of protein. Um, the sugars in them are there's definitely a higher sugar amount from natural sort of. Um, I think from memory, it's like a rice malt syrup or something in there. Again, not planned. Just. <laughs> <laughs> just saying how much I love them, but they're bloody awesome. Now they're getting Yum. more accessible in stores. They used to only be online. So most of my clients will just order a box online, but there are now, if you go onto the website, there's I'm on the stock list. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> they're, they're popping up in stores now, which is bloody awesome. And she's just, she's just rocking it. Like I'm, I just think it's amazing product. She's um, yeah. It, it's, I just think as far as the plant-based, bars go 
it's got a lot to give as far as that protein um, hit, but also flavour. So I know I like I'll have them in my bag once they're in I'm New allowed Zealand. out of the house and uh, as well, yep. stockage wise. Yep. Yeah, yeah, they're really good. But yeah, lemon and coconut. Oh my god, it's so good. So that'd be my like absolute like give it a go. Yeah, um, they actually look really good, the ingredients, but they're actually um, in so many places. So in there, in, even in for Brisbane folk, um, the Nut Market, Fortitude Valley has them. Um, yeah, just Google stock list. They're actually, there's heaps of places. I'm just on their little Australia map. Vanessa, but that's so good. Sorry, Vanessa. <laughs> I just had to look up. <laughs> had to look it up. I was like, why am I forgetting your beautiful name? Yeah, so they're good. That'd be my reco. Oh, yum. The lemon ones sound good. Yeah, I'm going to eat yeah. one today. <laughs> yeah, nice. Can you send me one? I mean, I can go and buy one, but I can't. <laughs> of course I can. <laughs> <laughs> I've got your green tea sitting at the clinic too. I don't know if they have the girls posted it. Don't think so. Oh, I said, oh, wait no. till Jess needs some collagen because, like, I just got you some in a paper bag. For oh, everyone listening, so nice. Jess and I, uh, it's that our crack cocaine green tea with rose petals from Source Bulk Foods. Mm, but I found some the other day and I bought – it's like no one else would understand spending 15 bucks on that much tea. <laughs> <laughs> Except I spent 30 bucks and I got half for you and half for me, but it's sitting there in the clinic rolled up in a paper bag. I'm like, don't spend 15 bucks on postage just to post Jess 15 bucks worth of tea. Wait till she needs some <laughs> collagen or something and send it with it okie doke well we better wrap this baby up so wrap up catch up bye thanks. <laughs> <laughs> thanks heaps for listening um and i'll leave in the show notes any of the uh, other episodes we've mentioned today yep. if you're looking for more on the, the hormone space but otherwise thanks for listening thanks for listening leave us some love Subscribe and uh, write us a review. We'll chat to you soon. Okay, bye. Bye.